The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, everybody, and welcome to our program, Afternoons with Mike. I am so pleased today doing something different. You can't appreciate all the technology that we are employing today because I've got a video link up with Jim and Martha Bringenberg. And this is really exciting uh, to do that. It is through Skype, but the audio is great. And I would welcome both Jim and Martha to me. Welcome. Well, thanks, Mike. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, you're coming through loud and clear. And I know that uh, Orlando is no stranger to you. Central Florida, the same. You're uh, but living now, as of earlier this year, in a different part of the country. Where are you from right now? Right now, we're in Marionville, Missouri. So way southwest of Missouri, 50 miles from Oklahoma, 50 miles from Arkansas. Wow, that's quite a difference uh, in climate, quite a difference in just about every other way from what you experienced here in Florida. Are you enjoying this? Yeah, you you can wear a jacket and not get sweaty. You can wear long pants and not get sweaty. (laughs) Um, When you want to go to Walmart and it's three miles away, it takes three minutes. Oh, Uh, yeah. A little (laughs) different than Orlando experiences, right? Uh, You know, I don't miss I-4. Yeah. Or I-75, or I-95 oh. at all, <laughs> not even a little. But the pace of life is very different. And one thing that we're really um, becoming more and more aware of is that we truly are in the Bible Belt. So yeah. it's yeah. amazing the um, the free conversations that people have um, about their love of Jesus that just, it's almost shocking um, and, and, and refreshing. That's really great. I, I'm from Indiana originally, so I can relate to a little bit of that. Uh, we are uh, not exactly the buckle of the Bible Belt up there, but it still was uh, considered to be in that area. But I am so thankful that you are joining us here in Florida today on our program because you've got some connections, obviously, to Central Florida. And one of those connections is with the Central Florida Christian Chamber, and you're going to be taking part. I want to talk about this up front for just a moment before we get to know the two of you better. Uh, but uh, you're going to be taking part in an event coming up next week, right? On Tuesday, the yes. 28th. Yeah, tell us about At that. 11 Central, noon, noon Orlando time. Well, you know, it's great because... Um, through the changes of technology because of COVID and just all the challenges that um, I think everyone's experienced, now we're able to do things like hybrid events, um, which is what uh, the, the Central Florida Christian Chamber is putting together on a monthly basis where people can join in person and they can enjo- join online. Right. In this case, we as the speakers are actually joining online. So um, it's pretty amazing that we have that ability to do that technology, to be able to speak with people that we love from a different part of the country and do it in a way that um, we feel like we're together and it can be interactive. Mm -hmm. Now, I really like what I just saw and our listeners will not understand this at all, but you just changed the background on your screen. And so you just jumped from a studio to some office building. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Well, a nice high rise. It's a like high it. rise. It's remodeled, <laughs> and and as we sit in our in our place in Marionville, we just we bought back in late July an old office building, like from 1880, 
that's one of those 20, it's a row office building, 21 feet wide, 111 feet deep. And we have spent the last eight months not using our mouths, but using our hands and feet and arms to completely it's not, it was not a remodel. We call it a renovation. A renovation. There you go. The only thing that was left is the existing outside walls. Wow. That is amazing. Well, that is a really a neat thing that you're able to do technology wise. And this event, like you said, it's virtual so people can join it. Uh, Crystal Parker was on my program yesterday with a speaker of our upcoming event in uh, April that is going to be held. Rich Mason was on the line with me yesterday. Have you ever met Rich? No, we have not. Oh, he's a really fun guy. You have. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So I had them on yesterday and at the end of the call, uh, Crystal just began raving about Jim and Martha. So we had to do what we could do to kind of promote this event as well. And also, because you, you guys are, are really not only authors, you are that. You're not only podcasters, you are that. But you're also a part of a bunch of meetings around the country where you meet and do marriage seminars or marriage uh, meetings. To, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. But so we're going to talk about all of those things. Before we get to that, tell us a little bit about your own uh, lives. How did you meet? I, I wanted to just give a sneak peek of what we're going to talk about next week. Though. I mean, really, the sneak peek is the Great Commission. Was it for everybody or just for a select few? Mm. And if it's everybody, how does it impact us in our workplace? You know, that's really what you do. I mean, you wrote the book. I mean, I can say this literally. You wrote the book on working for him in the workplace because the name of the whole ministry is I work for him.com. That's who uh, we're talking about right now. So uh, that's right. So basically, I know you're coming in. How did you and Martha meet? Did you meet uh, in the workplace? You want, do you want me to tell a story? You could tell. No, story. I'm going to jump in here because I, you know, he's very talkative this morning. So, <laughs> <laughs> or today. So, one of the things that, um, you know, it's just amazing how God ordains the steps of our lives. And I grew up in Illinois. Jim at the time was living in Missouri or in Minnesota. Um, and we were teenagers and um, we found. Well, I don't, I'm kind of intersecting the story backwards, but we met three years after we had been at the same youth event. Okay. So we, our lives went to the same youth event in California in 1979. Three years later, we met um, when my family moved to Minnesota and um, we became fast friends and went to high school together. He was well, my but, ride but to youth group. the significance of that youth event was we both, at that youth event on a Friday the 13th in July, 1979, we both committed our lives to full-time Christian ministry. So we thought we were gonna be go be pastors. Martha thought she was gonna be a missionary. And then our lives intersected. And the rest of the story is the very first day, Martha and her sister and her family were in Minneapolis. They came to my church and I knew who they were because Martha was dating one of my buddies and Martha's sister was dating another one of my buddies. So mm-hmm. I already knew about them before they got there, but we became very quick friends, eventually started dating uh, at the suggestion of one of my friends because uh, we, we were going, we were both uh, hosting a, a prom alternative at our church. I knew the night that we went on our first date that we were going to get married. We got married a couple of years later. We finished college and I entered seminary because we had committed our lives to full-time Christian ministry. We figured that was the natural progression. And that was really the beginning of our I Work For Him story. Oh, that's really great. To have your lives not only 
loving the Lord, but then you meet the person that you're going to love for the rest of your life. And you guys have been married for just a little bit of a short while right now, right? 37 years, but we've known each other over 40 years. Mm, that's great. Well, Cindy and, we're and I... We're only 29, so I don't know that, how that works. Yeah, how does but. that work? I mean, you you were like minus 17 or something. You know, Cindy and I celebrated 46 uh, at our last anniversary, so I get it. Uh, it's really... It's really powerful, isn't it, to have that kind of longevity in a relationship and the things that God has got you guys doing right now. Uh, were you both raised in a home that was basically a Christian home? Yes. In fact, um, it that's the de- we were both attending church in the denomination that brought us together. And so it was pretty amazing because we had very similar um, just experiences in the, in the foundation of scripture, mm-hmm. um, you know, not without fault, not without, um, you know, uh, homes that, you know, we, we learned the scripture, but they were real homes, they you know, and not perfect. It, no, but what's yeah. amazing is that we have had, when you talk about longevity, our, our parents, um, you know, have been married a well, very long time. Yeah, and, my, my and parents had will celebrate long... sixty nine years this oh year. Martha, oh my god, celebrated sixty seven, but her dad made it to heaven before all of us yeah. just a couple months ago. Uh, but it is, we had the option, we had the opportunity to go to church. My family was a little bit different than Martha's. Martha's parents came to Christ and started walking with the Lord. And yeah, twenty five. My mom came to Christ at twenty five. My dad really started walking with the Lord when he turned 50 and I was 17. Uh, so it was a little bit different, but now our parents, again, stayed committed to each other and have been a great example of longevity and marriage committing through thick and thin. Uh, and, and it's been gr- a great encouragement and there've been huge supporters of our ministry. Wow. That's really a, an amazing thing. Um, both of my parents are graduated to heaven now as well. They were married uh, just under 65 years uh, when they, uh, when, when they, my dad was the first to go. So yes, it's it, it is a legacy that you are leaving behind, but it's also one that you inherited, and that is so helpful. And I'm grateful for you guys. And uh, this is really super that you're going to be not only uh, able to impart all that you know about uh, the Lord, but uh, just your example of a married couple uh, happily doing what God's calling you to do is in itself a powerful thing. So thank you for that example. And this is really going to be a fun uh, meeting next Tuesday with the Central Florida Christian Chamber and the U.S. Christian Chamber, because Crystal's doing it on a bigger scale now than just Central Florida. And that's really going to be great. Uh, The idea for your book, your book series, actually, as well as your name, I Work For Him, how did that come about? Uh, That's a great story. So in 2000. And six, I got first introduced to the idea that my work really mattered to God, even though I was an insurance agent with a high tech background. And I, because I always was kept trying to quit and become a pastor. And when the Lord finally revealed to me, you already are a pastor in the workplace, mm-hmm. your employees are the people that you're ministering to, this is your mission field. Uh, that I, God started churning something to me. And, and I, in 2008, 2009, I was studying a lot. And I said, Lord, you'll, I'll, I'll know that you want me to do something with this when you give me a name for whatever it is you're churning. And of course, I was working on a huge construction site in Davenport, Florida at the time. 
and that and then that world collapsed as we all know in yeah. central florida that world collapsed it, it collapsed like a great gaping black hole and so i lost my job like everybody else did in the construction industry in florida in 2008 2009 but I went back into the insurance business and I was uh, was studying and I said, Lord, I'll know you want me to do something with this. I knew it had something to do with business. I knew it had something to do with mentoring. I knew it had something to do with faith and work. Uh, but it was uh, November 20th, 2012. I had been writing an executive summary for weeks and weeks and months, probably writing down names. I had 130 names. None of them fit. And that was the night that I got the name. I work for him. I'm like, well, Gosh, that actually sounds pretty simple. Why didn't I think of that first? Yeah. And it was just, just as you see it today. And I said that night, Lord, okay, now I got a name. What is it you want us to do with this? What is the next step? 90 days later, I was sitting in a room, in a room not the last meeting before we launched the Christian Chamber of Commerce in Tampa Bay, because I was one of the founding members there. And um, I was speaking about five ways to incorporate your faith into the workplace. And I sat down in the room next to the only person I didn't know, and she owned a Christian talk radio station. She goes, Jim, you need to talk about faith and work on the radio. And I thought, that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. That was the farthest thing from my mind, actually never in my mind, never thought about being on the radio. But that's where I work for him came from. 60 days later, on April the 15th, 2013, we went on the radio and eventually ended up five days a week in St. Pete, then eventually in Tampa Bay, and then in Jacksonville, uh, and at a station in Georgia and a couple other places. Uh, and today, you know, during COVID, we came off the air uh, and went just all digital and with all of our podcasts, including our daily uh, Power Thought that plays on about 150 radio stations every oh, day. Oh, that's really great. I worked for came came out of just the desire of my heart to stop running into people in the marketplace who said they were believers, but everything about them didn't say they were believers. Mm-hmm. You know, that is such a great story to realize that the Lord opened that door for broadcasting for you. And you're right. When you talk about podcast and being digital, uh, this day we have the best of both worlds and you're on the best of both worlds still, even though your radio program is uh, digitally produced now, not on the air per se, but your features are. And yeah. they're on, like you said, all these radio stations. The whole thing about the way people get the word uh it's it's different in this day and age isn't it yeah it is and what's funny is when we first started number one like jim said radio was never on his mind he is a talk radio junkie i mean as a kid <laughs> you know he would listen to the snow reports on their talk radio because we would know in minnesota there was no school for the day of course and from yeah. there he just really fell in love with talk radio but never had seen himself as someone that would be on the air. But at the very beginning, we started podcasting. We're like, we just need to know that we're recording this and sharing it as many ways as possible. Mm -hmm. And really, that's what God's, you know, done with it over the years is given us that content. Now 2000 plus shows strong um, of God's stories of how he is working in the workplace in people's individual lives, um, whether in their own work transformation or whether that work transformation or that biblical understanding led them to write a book um, or create some kind of a discipleship ministry where they're helping other people to understand that their workplace is their mission field. You know, I find this, and I'm sure you do as well, when you talk with people, so many people feel that unless they're doing what, Jim, you tried to do over and over, jumping into a full-time pastoral role or ministry of some sort, uh, they feel that they're somehow lower than what they should be, maybe under where they would like to be, uh, not quite doing 
what God would want them to do. That's pretty much a common feeling, isn't it? So it, there's this false theology that's out there that there's a two-tier system in the kingdom of God, that the top tier, the, the ultimate tier is you're a pastor or a missionary, or maybe right underneath that, you work in a Christian nonprofit. And then everybody else is in the second tier, supporting those who are called. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the biggest lies portrayed on Christianity in this country and around the globe. I agree completely. You know, there was a phrase that uh, I don't know if I heard it from uh, my pastor. I probably did, but it was this phrase, you, you need to grow where you're planted. And mm-hmm. that idea of serving God in, in, with joy and with fulfillment anywhere you are. I mean, you get the idea from Paul, even reading in the Bible from him. He certainly was being called by God to do great and mar- mighty things, but he did it while he was a tent maker. And he was working in the marketplace and yet so effective. Who would be more effective than was Paul? So this idea is as old as the Bible, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it is. And one of the things that like I, as a young woman, my dream was to be an accountant, to wear the navy blue suit, to work in a high rise. I'm not really sure where all that came from, mm-hmm. but that was what it was fed to me. It does and, you look know, good in a navy blue well, suit. <laughs> but, you know, God gifted me with numbers and with organization and with, um, you know, managing things. Well, he wants us to use the way he has gifted us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, using those gifts for our work, but how are we doing it? What are we like when we're doing it? How do we treat the people around us when we're doing it? Oh, I heard in that sermon on Sunday that I'm supposed to love my neighbor. Well, who is my neighbor? The person in the cubicle next to me in the high rise or, you know, the the person that, um, you know, I have to call that's the vendor that I work with on a daily basis or whatever that might be. And, um, you know, when we we look at it in that context that God created me to work in this environment because I'm really good at it and I can do it with excellence, give him the credit and then love the people around me and and apply what I'm learning on Sunday to what I'm doing on Monday. What a great fulfillment that is um, in what God really created us to do. Well, I think that is exactly right. And you guys are working nonstop to help others get that difference and to understand the real call behind us. And that I know is uh, somewhat that you'll be dealing with this uh, coming Tuesday. I'm talking to Jim and Martha. I'll be back with them in just a moment. This is Afternoons with Mike. We're up against a break. We'll see you on the other side. Pastors and financial leaders, do you need expert accounting or tax help? Do you have payroll or 1099 questions? Do you need a ministry expert to help you acquire real estate for your next project? If the answer is yes, yes, and yes, visit PetraWorldwide.org. Petra Worldwide has been strengthening ministries to transform humanity since 2007. Visit PetraWorldwide.org or call 855-481-9095. EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat serves all your comfort needs. With over 40 years experience, EC Waters is a top trained comfort specialist, earning customers for life with integrity. No wonder EC Waters Air Conditioning and Heat has earned a 4.6 or higher out of 5 rating and reviews across all major online platforms. For all your comfort needs, call 407-603-9144 or visit ecwaters.com. 
Back with Jim and Martha Bringenberg. They are former residents of the Florida area, now living in Missouri. And uh, maybe one day they'll be back. But uh, I know the reasons that you're there are just wonderful reasons. Family is so important. You guys are just the epitome of a, a couple working and giving your lives away for the glory of God, but enjoying what God has given you right here in this relationship between the two of you. It's already been a delight for me to get to talk with you like this and to see and knowing what I know about what God is doing through your ministry. I know that this meeting that you're going to be part of on Tuesday is really going to be helpful, helpful in every way. Now your ministry, I work for him. We talked a little bit about that. Uh, it is really aiming people at getting an understanding of what it means to spend your life in a fulfilled way while fulfilling the call on your life for the gospel. And that is really, uh, I think it's something that is a mystery to so many, especially believers. And we talked, Jim, you mentioned this, this wrong notion that people have, uh, this two-tier idea that if they're not in that upper tier of ministry, full-time ministry, they're somehow not uh, qualified. They're somehow a little bit like maybe second-class citizens, and that yeah. is the wrong thing. Uh, w tell me a little bit about what it's like when you've talked to people and they see it suddenly. They, they're maybe working in an office building, and they suddenly realize that th they are right where God wants them. That's got to be a, a, a light bulb going on for them, right? You know, I'm, mm -hmm. yes, it is amazing. But I will tell you, I can't, the, one of the most cringeworthy conversations I ever have with somebody is when somebody says to me, you know, I just, I just feel like I need to quit my job and go work full-time in ministry. Yeah. And that makes me cringe, but it's also the greatest opportunity for me to say, but you're already right where God wants you to be. You're already in an op, in a place where your full-time ministry is, you're already on a mission field because you're surrounded by lost and hopeless people. Why would you quit your job to work in ministry when you're already doing what God called you to do? You know, I wanted to say in the last segment, we ran out of time, is there's this, this false notion comes from this statement, many are called, but few are chosen. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, again, false theology. The Great Commission was for everybody to say, now I'm talking to a few of you, not all 12, but just a few of you guys. <laughs> you know, I want you to go teach everybody everything. No, no, not, not all of you, just a few of you. I want you to just teach. The few of you I want you to teach everybody what I taught. Oh, no, that's not what Jesus said. Yeah. Jesus said, go teach everybody what I taught you and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He called all of us. Yet it's important that we understand that God also gave us our gifting. Some of it's wrapped right into our DNA when we're born. You know, we know people who no matter what they touch, they can fix it or no matter what they speak, they can sell it, or no matter where they go, they can calculate it. That, does, that comes from God. That's not something you can study. You know, people that can memorize an entire page of scripture, I can't do that. That's other. We need to recognize the gifting that we have and that it came from God. Yeah. Let me just say one other thing, Mike. I know this is your show, but I just want to make sure I say this today. <laughs> and, and I can do, I can hijack this radio show right now. <laughs> That's okay. Go ahead and hijack. This big theology issue that we've got here, not only this two-tier kingdom false theology, but also the fact that so few people think about Jesus from this perspective. Jesus was on this planet for 33 to 33 and a half years, so we're told. Of that time, the first 30 years, 
What did he do? Yeah, he grew he up. Worked, <laughs> he worked in the he family. That's right. He worked in the family business as a carpenter, which back then we're told was likely a stonemason with some wood and some mud or whatever it was. But he was a blue collar working guy. And when Joseph died, as we're told before Jesus was 30, Joseph was already gone. Jesus as the firstborn in the family, guess what role he took? He took the he, family business. He ran the business. Mm -hmm. He ran the family business. So our savior, God could have put Jesus in any family on the planet. And he chose to put him in the family of a small family business owner. What sermon have you ever heard that one in, Mike? Have right. you ever heard the sermon preached? I don't think so. Yeah, that's, no. that's right. What? You and a billion other people on this planet have never heard that sermon that are, God loves business. God loves business so much. He loves work. And he gave us work as a gift back in the garden. The work was a gift mm -hmm. in the garden, not a result of the sin. And he chose to put his the savior of the world and the family and a, a, that own a small business. And that's the sermon we need to all hear because God loves business. I agree completely. And, you know, this is a revolutionary kind of thought. I mean, the phrase that uh, Mark Goldstein, have you met Mark? Do you know him? Yeah, yeah. Way back when, Way back, back when, when we launched the show, we had Mark on uh, and one of his partners from Black Rain Partners. Well, you know, my joke with Mark is he knows everybody, so I'm not surprised you know him. Uh, he tells me he only knows the people I need to know. So that's uh, that's our joke between the two of us. But Mark uh, wrote a book uh, with uh, Jacqueline Lynn on marketplace ministry. And this phrase has become uh, more popular around our area. and uh, But this is exactly the mantra of which you're speaking right now. This is the idea, the concept that we are called to do what God wants us to do. And there is no part of that that insinuates even from the word of God that anyone that's called to do what God wants him to do is that everyone has to be in ministry. That's just not it. I mean, that you, that is right. You couldn't be more accurate when you say the Lord loves work. And there have been many books that are out there. And I guess I'm always amazed, and you have to see this as well, that with where we've come from, in the, in, by and large in the church, there are still many who have bought into that notion. And uh, even though with all of the books that are coming out in the last 10 years or so, uh, many people are still feeling like I, if I had it, if I get it going right, I'm going to be a full-time pastor. And that's yeah. just not right. Well, and we even make the mistake of saying, of segregating it and saying, oh, well, they're in ministry. We are all in ministry. Right. And so if Mark says, you know, marketplace ministry, that's still ministry. It's just identified a little bit differently because you're specifically saying where I go to work is my ministry and so we um we do it without even realizing it where we say well they're in ministry yeah. well what do we really mean by that that i'm not in a in ministry i don't minister you know i i'm not a minister of the gospel yes i am you know i i know i don't remember who to give the credit to but it's like you know i am a minister of the gospel you know, hiding as an accountant, you know, or d disguised as disguised an accountant, as yep. you know, um, or whatever that, you know, identifier that you have in your work, we are all ministers of the gospel. And, um, but we, we have that in our vocabulary. We say, oh, well, they're in ministry. 
oh, they're in ministry. What we mean is that they're having to raise money to have somebody pay them to do the work that the ministering that they're doing. When we get paid, you know, we're fully funded um, ministers of the gospel disguised as whatever our title might be. And I hope that your listeners hear that today, that whatever your work is that you know is the work that God has called you to because you find joy in it, or even sometimes we don't find joy in Mm -hmm. it, right? Mm -hmm. For a season, we may be someplace that is not very comfortable. It may, we may have a tough boss. We may um, have to work really hard hours. We may have big projects that keep us away from our family, whatever that may be. But in the midst of it, how are we living out our the gospel? How are how is our relationship with Jesus Christ being seen by others? Are they repulsed by Christianity because of how they see me act, or are they drawn in? Mm-hmm. And but you are a minister of the gospel disguised as whatever role you have today. And um, I hope that that's encouraging and not discouraging for people. I think part of it could be this uh, separation that we've all grown up with, uh, that we've heard about the separation of church and state, the separation of sacred and secular. And I think people have just bought into this concept that, well, if I'm really doing it really uh, with God's blessing, it's going to be I'm working for the sacred and not the secular. But God, all of it is the Lord's, everything. He made the hills. And he made He made business, like you said. And he loves it when we represent him well wherever we are. So that is, that is really an important thing. That sacred-secular divide is such a lie. But that, again, you have to look at the church. Um, and when Constantine became a believer at 300 AD-ish, and he said, everybody should be a believer. Let's create the Roman Catholic Church. They, are, they adopted this, the hierarchy of the existing pagan church and, adopted, and, and adapted it to the Christian church, which had a hierarchy in it. There was the pastors, and then there was the missionaries, and then there was everybody else, the fiefdom that, that supported it. That's where that came from, but it, it, it's not biblical. When you look at the early church in Acts, there was no tier system. They absolutely overthrew the Roman government Mm -hmm. with Christianity through the power of their faith and the vibrancy of it in the marketplace, which goes back to the marketplace ministry. So many people go, well, what is marketplace ministry? Well, that's something that needs to be discipled, but we need to say, why why is marketplace ministry so um, important? It's important because 85% of the population in the United States of America doesn't go to church anymore. That's right. Where are they going to meet Jesus? Yeah. And it's also important we understand not everybody thinks they're part of the marketplace. Teachers, government workers, military complex workers, healthcare workers, they don't see themselves as part of the marketplace. They see that's business people. <laughs> so we need to understand the workplaces of America are ripe for the harvest because there's so many people out there hurting and lost and hopeless. And that's our call. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that many would uh, would wonder and they would question that without, let's say, the support of a, of a church budget, without the support of an organizational or denominational background, people like yourself who have these uh, outreaches, and I, I'm, I'm going to say it, ministries to people in general, uh, they, they might wonder how in the world you're able to survive 
how in the world your message is going to get out in a culture like ours. But I tell you what, I think it's like the person that went to the country that, and he was a shoe salesman, and the, his note back was, hey, the, no one's wearing them. He saw the great opportunity to sell shoes. I think we all have a great opportunity in this culture to really share the truth of the gospel in our workplace. I know you agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's well, and it's so important that we understand that the gospel isn't just evangelism, that Jesus talked about the kingdom. And the kingdom can be summarized in this one statement. As a Jesus follower, everything about you should be changing because of that transformation process, that sanctification process. And everyone around you should be benefiting from your faith, whether they believe in Jesus or not. That's the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And when you understand that, that me as an, I've got an insurance agent and an IT background, a hardware background. And and as selling insurance, that was a huge mission field. We had 1,500 clients that were our mission field that we ministered to. When you talk about people who panic, talk about take somebody's system down, their computer system down, you're a minister when you're bringing that computer system back up again. So many opportunities to share our faith. Now, I also dug ditches in college and dug foundations for, it. it I can you can do all of that for God. I also sold used cars for 15 years. You oh, can do wow. that. Glory you can even too. do that for Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that. You know, that was ironically, you would say that because the one uh, kind of like hidden desire, I went into broadcasting when I was in college, quite accidentally, I was going to be a teacher. Uh, All throughout all those years, the one latent desire for a a business that I always wanted to do was to be a, a new car salesman, not a used car salesman. I wanted to be a new car. I wanted to smell the leather. You know, (laughs) never got to do it. They don't even, you you can't get left unless you're spending 80 or 90 grand a day. So, (laughs) but you know, I just feel like that was a perfect conversation to, to circle back to the central Florida Christian chamber of commerce and the U S Christian chamber. Um, if you are at all involved in those or haven't been, and you go to the website or you start reading the emails, it talks about kingdom commerce and how, you know, I mean, there's just so much that could be unpacked there and they do a better job than I do. But but the fact that if we understand that we are working for the kingdom and what are we, how are we building that commerce? How are we, um, you know, just all of the all of the aspects that you learn when you're involved with the Christian Chamber, the conversation we're going to have is just one part of that. But I think it's such a great equipper for people that are um, struggling or wanting to grow in this area and understand, God, why do you really have me here? What is my purpose in my work and how can I honor you in it? Um, that's what the Christian Chamber really can help people to do. And they have people that are part of these meetings. Uh, again, there are several different kinds of meetings that happen all the time. It, it's one of the most vibrant groups that I've seen in terms of activities. I tell you, they have to have a lot of uh, energy drinks, I think, just to keep it all going. It's, it truly is amazing how that uh, so many of these opportunities that the, the Christian Chamber is bringing to people to uh, help connect and not only help connect, but what you said, Martha, is so true. The uh, the kingdom mentality of living life in the kingdom of God and and some of the differences that both you and Jim 
have uh, brought out about what the kingdom is. It is a mindset that we need to have. And once we get that mindset, then we are free to uh, operate. I, I think of the Southwest commercial, you're free to roam the nation now. You're free to, to do what the calling that God has called you to do if you understand that he's calling us where we are. He's not mm-hmm. calling us necessarily to Africa. I know when I was a kid, Jim, I bet you did this as well. You probably felt like the uh, at some point when a missionary visited the church, you weren't doing snuff for God if you weren't a missionary to Africa. And mm-hmm. I once talked to somebody. I grew up with that kind of fear, and that's one the reason why. Shows. Yeah, the slideshows. The slideshows. That's right. Who wants those those slideshows to make you feel guilty that you're not taking the call and moving to Africa? Well, I'm grateful, and that's what this kingdom talk is all about. We can serve the Lord with joy and contentment. And then before we take a break, I just got to say this. One of the things that changed me was back in the mid eighties, when I heard of a guy who was a missionary to Africa, he addressed this thing head up and forever ended my guilt over that thing. He said, look, he said, if you're called, if God gives you a call to Africa, you wouldn't be happy anywhere else in the country, but in Africa. That's where you've got to go because where God guides, he provides and he puts the calling there. Well, our people today that are hearing this, they can rest assured that God's calling them to be part of the kingdom where they are. And if he changes that address, well, then we'll all know it, won't we? That's right. All right, Jim and Martha are with me. We're up against another break. We'll be back in a moment for a final segment with them. Don't go away. This is Afternoons with Mike. Palm Beach Atlantic University, Orlando offers three distinct areas of study. An evening Master's of Science in Clinical Mental Health Counseling, an evening Bachelor's of Science in Human Services, and our new Daytime Bachelor's of Science in Nursing. All of our courses are offered at our beautiful campus on Millennia Boulevard. For more information or to schedule a tour, call 844-PBA-ORLANDO. That's 844-PBA-ORLANDO. Back for one more segment with Jim and Martha Brangenberg, and they are going to be speaking at the Central Florida Christian Chamber event. Uh, This is a kind of a virtual event. People can go. It's what they call one of their hybrid meetings. You can be there live at the uh, offices of Palm Beach Atlantic University and join the watch group because the speaker for this event is also going to be virtual, or you can join it in the confines of your office, on your computer, on your laptop, even on your cellular phone. Uh, You can watch Jim and Martha share. They lead this ministry called IWorkForHim.com. And uh, the I Work For Him is also kind of the theme. And part of what I want to talk about in this last segment would be your books and these other two aspects. Martha, you uh, have a book that you write, uh, wrote called she works for him. And right. so I know it's everything from the angle of being a woman in business, a woman, uh, serving the Lord in this way. And then something that I know a lot of our listeners will benefit from because I'm of the retirement age, although I'm not retiring. Uh, I'm, uh, I just hit the big seven Oh guys. So I'm there. I think awesome. I, I can speak to this. I retire for him. And that's something worth, in my mind, an entire show just on that theme alone. Mm-hmm. Well, let's come back. Especially in Florida, right? <laughs> that's right. I mean, we're There's- down here. We cover the villages for crying out loud. 
and uh, that you know all about the villages from your time in Central Florida. Yes. Yes, we do. Yeah, so, um, you know, she works for him. Um, so God really told Jim several years ago that it was time to write books, um, to write. And most people throughout our radio and podcasting have said, you need to write a book. You need to write a book. And we're like, we'll write a book when God tells us to write a book, not when, you know, the marketing guy tells us to write a book. So, but Jim came to me and he's like, Martha, I don't think it's one book. It's three books. And so I work for him, which is our, you know, the flagship conversation that we started 10 years ago is all about changing the way you think about your faith at work. And that is actually the title of the, the talk that we're giving this next week uh, for the Christian Chamber. She works for him um, is a compilation of stories from different Christian working women that um, God just used them in different ways. We, we reached out to many different women and we got 19 different stories of how God every single one with a different theme, you know, in how they embrace their calling as a Christian woman at work. Um, because that is something that, you know, generations before us didn't talk about. And, and how do we do that? Mike, you might ask, why, why did you have a separate book for women? And, and here's, here's the thing. I, I've got a heart and passion for the kingdom of God. And what's really important to understand, and you've been married, you said 40 plus years already. Yeah, right, 46. Yeah, when mm-hmm. your wife became a believer, did she get filled with the spirit of God? Yes. Yes, did she, she did. Get, did she get spiritual gifts? Yes. And, and okay. So here's the problem. Again, one of those theology issues within the, the, the average four walls church across the globe is that the spiritual giftings of men are celebrated exponentially more than the spiritual giftings of women. Yet God doles them out evenly 50, mm-hmm. 50 or whatever the population is. And we need to celebrate those, but so many Christian working women operate in a status of guilt. They feel guilty that they're working because the church does not celebrate Christian working women. And so we wanted to do that. We wanted to celebrate that. And that's why I said, Martha, I'd love for you to share your story. And let's capture, we had up to that point in time when we wrote these books in 2020 and 2021, we had interviewed 500 women on the show. We reached out to every one of them and said, would you be willing to write a chapter? 50 of them responded, 20 of them wrote a chapter, and one of them it, it, it removed their chapters. We've got 19 stories of Christian working women all dealing with different issues as they live out their faith at work. Mm. And we want to celebrate that because it is so important that we celebrate all of the spiritual giftings that God doles out here on the planet. I love it. So this is an exciting thing. Uh, will you be touching on that at all, Martha, on uh, Tuesday's meeting or in it? You know, I think that I am sure that I will. Um, one of the things that I love about the Central Florida Christian Chamber and the U.S. is that it is being led by a woman. Mm-hmm. And Crystal Parker is such a great example of that. And so even just me being on the stage speaks loudly to She Works for Him because so many places you go, it's, you know, male-dominated. And um, there, uh, the Christian Chamber has done a very good job of celebrating the gifting of women. And so I feel so many times just when I'm with Jim and we're side by side and we're sharing together that even that alone speaks volumes to the women in the room because they're seeing um, that perspective played out. And so I, I appreciate that opportunity and I definitely will be uh, bringing that up. Mike, one of the fun things that we do as a ministry, our ministry is not a direct discipleship ministry, although we do a lot of discipleship, 
with people through our pot, through our three different podcasts. I work for him. She works for him. I retire for him. And then the daily power thought. But most of our ministry is about connecting our listeners to ministries that will do the discipleship. Because if, if you want to look at one of the biggest needs within the workplace believer sector of our world, so that's 98% of the believers are in the workplace, not in the church place, it's discipleship. And there's a lot of great ministries out there focusing on discipleship. And we just want to invite your listeners to go out to IWorkTheNumber4Him.com, IWorkTheNumber4Him.com, and say, here's what I'm doing. Is there a ministry equipped out there to help me do my job better as a missionary in my workplace? All of our books, we also shared extra pages with ministries. We have 54 contributors to our books because we wanted to make sure that people know there's resources out there and they're abundant. There are over 3,000 ministries in the United States of America wow. that are focused on discipling workplace mm -hmm. believers. That's amazing. It is, but people don't know about it. And so we feel like God's given us this passion to make sure people know that there are resources and opportunities. And, you know, it's just like you hear about the good sale down the street. You tell all your friends, well, why would you not tell them about this great ministry that's helping you to better connect your faith and your work? And um, so that we have those resources out there and we love to be able to share it with everybody, no matter where they're coming from. Now, what about retirement? This is, uh, this is a big deal. And people would say, well, I guess when I retire, my, my ministry there, my workplace ministry, obviously I'm not going to be there in the office every day. But uh, the American uh, philosophy or mentality about retiring is about as wide as the planet itself. I mean, there's so many different people look at it different ways. Some want to get a Winnebago and drive across, maybe not a Winnebago anymore. I'm not sure they what's occurring. In Winnebago, Iowa, they still make them. They still make them. That's right. They want to, you know, and others want to be fishing all the time. So mm -hmm. what, what do you say to people who are of retirement age? What message do you bring them? So when we went on the air with I Work For Him in April of 2013, Martha's dad, who is a huge supporter of what we did, um, he, he said to me, Jim, I, I get the whole I Work For Him thing. I, I did that. He was, he was discipled from the early 70s to, to, that his business was his ministry place. He goes, I don't I work for him anymore. I retire for him. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's fantastic. Oh, and that's I said, awesome. And I said, that, that was from God. And so Ted... Martha's dad and I wrote a book, I Retire From, really as a reach out to at the average retiree, because we lived in Florida for 20 years, so we know retirement villages very well. Retirement communities, 55 plus communities. They are the saddest place. We lived in one in Fort Myers. They're one of the saddest places on the planet because it's all these people who are retired that have zero purpose left in their life except for golfing or tennis or pickleball is huge today, mm -hmm, of course. Right. Maybe getting seashells if you're 55 plus community years, but there's no families to invest in. There's no kids to invest in. And they realize, I just, they've realized there's got to be more. And so I retire from is an encouragement to unlock God's purpose for people in the retirement because retirement's not biblical unless you're a Levitical priest. And even they, after they stopped being a Levitical priest, they went on to mentor the next generation. Retirement is an American idea. It is not a biblical idea. Mm -hmm. And the American dream of retirement has nothing to do with the Bible. God needs us. And our society desperately needs those of us who are 55 plus to invest in the next generations. And Martha, your dad was such a great 
example of this. Oh my goodness, he was. But much like the conversation around the word ministry is the conversation around retirement. Because when we think of retirement, we think that financial retirement is you know, everything that, that, that we're retiring financially, you know, from the job that we had, but your calling does not retire Mm -hmm. when you retire. And so what is it that God's calling you to do in this next phase of life? Okay. You may not be earning your income from that employer anymore, but your calling didn't go to, go to sleep or, you know, get retired. Um, so it may change, but how are you intentionally going to spend that time? Maybe God really did call you to the golf course, but what are you doing there? Are you ministering to the caddy? Are you being kind to the person you get paired up with for your foursome? Are you, you know, sharing about your life? (laughs) (laughs) Are you taking mulligans all the time? Whatever it might be, you know, but, um, you know, that, what is that calling in that stage of life? Because it didn't retire just because you financially retired. I agree. And don't you think the reason that there are so many that don't do well after retiring, I mean, you re- the numbers are staggering about how many people in America, they'll retire and many of them are, are gone within a year. And I think the, that is uh, really touching on the reason why is because depression, uh, uh, sadness, um, it, it affects us physically. The, these emotional factors really do carry an implication physically into our bodies. Whereas if a person has a healthy understanding, like what you're talking about, the purposes of God are not ending. They might change a little bit. They might be refined in a different direction. But my goodness, there's still a role. There's still a vital importance to play in retirement. And I, I agree with you, Jim, when you said it's not a biblical concept, I agree with that. So it's, there's a lot to be done for those that are of that retirement age. Yeah, we've got a whole podcast dedicated to it. I was going to say, Rick Warren said it best, it's a purpose-driven life. Yeah. And when you lose your purpose, you're, you're done. And a lot of people know what they're retire, retiring from and not what they're retiring to, Martha. Well, that's what I was going to say. You and your um, co-host on the I Retire For Him Who's pod- podcast you talk a lot about that you plan financially for retirement, but you don't plan what to actually do and, and how to be. And you got talk about that a lot and giving ideas and, and, you know, just that energy is powerful. We actually partnered up retirement reformation out of Colorado Springs. They have books, they have Sunday school classes. They have everything Mm -hmm. you need in order to find that purpose in your retirement. And, and, And so we just, we always talk about collaboration. Instead of us just doing a podcast on our own, we collaborated with an organization that's doing it and they're doing it well. Oh, that's great. Jim and Martha Bringenberg, my guests today, they're going to be at the Christian Chamber event this coming Tuesday. That address, give us that web address one more time, Martha. CFChristianChamber.com. And there you can find out their events and register. And we'd love to see you and, and say, hey. And it won't just be us speaking. There'll also be a question and answer time. All right. Yeah, interactive. It's going to be interactive. Yeah, interactive for sure. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a fun meeting Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. Jim and Martha, thank you for being with me today. Give us your web address, if you will, one more time. I work, the number four, him.com. I work for him.com. Can't wait to have you in Orlando sometime when you're back visiting here. I know that you've got family in the area, so we're uh, looking forward to meeting you face-to-face. Jim and Martha, my guests today on Afternoons with Mike, and we'll see you next time, friends, right here on The Shepherd. 